So, you know, I've told you before, you know, growing up, I was raised in, especially more like in my teenage years, my early teenage years, in a more, uh, a very conservative, you know, mindset. And, you know, it, there was a lot of good, um, modesty, purity, all that was taught and it was really valued. And th those, those are good things. Dating right. was not allowed. And you know, I don't believe dating is, you know, helpful. <laughs> so that was a good thing. But the reason why is because we were sort of um, involved in an organization that taught some of these things, but they took it not just in a biblical stance, they took it an extra level. Even if you wear modest clothing, even if you wear a skirt down to the floor, if your skirt has buttons that are a different color than the skirt, for example, I had this navy blue, this really frumpy looking navy blue skirt that was very long, it reached my ankles. And you know, this is something I'd be wearing to the conference that we'd be going to with this organization. This is the most modest thing you could possibly wear, right? right. And it is not appealing or attractive in any way. There's no way in any form anyone should be lusting after me because I'm fully covered, right? And my shirt is a white blouse. It is to my elbows, it is oversized and, yeah. but when I was getting my clothing ready to go and I was visiting some friends who were also going to the same conference, I remember the mom talked to my mom and asked her, so are you going to be um, taking those buttons off that skirt that your daughter's planning on wearing and, and exchanging them for buttons that are the same color as the skirt? Because don't you know, men's eyes are attracted to lines. The lines of the buttons going down that skirt, those beige buttons down that navy blue skirt will make a man lust oh, yeah. after your daughter and will make his eyes follow the line. And that's what this lady told my mom that I needed to replace all the buttons and there were probably about 15 or so on this skirt before I went to this conference. <laughs> well, first off, before you go on, I, I think I, you know, I can't speak for all men, but I think that lady should speak to some men because I didn't know that we're, our eyes were attracted by lines. Like, you know, it's just, it's just strange. Like where this, this thinking starts coming from. Yeah. And it's sort of this, honestly, this teaching was, coming from this organization, but it's not just in this organization alone. You know, we've we've heard it and we've seen it that how a woman dresses, it is it is the woman's it's on the wood the woman if a man lusts or if a man sins or if he doesn't feel fulfilled in a marriage or whatever that might look like. Oftentimes in, in certain churches like this, this weight is placed upon the woman so, alone. Yeah. Exactly. If you wore a skirt down to the floor, but you had buttons that were a different color than the skirt, it is your fault if a man lusts after you. If you wore something that is technically modest, but maybe in this group, you should be covering your hair as a woman, but you didn't cover your hair and he lusted after you and uh, God forbid he did something horrible. Well, it's your fault as a woman because you didn't cover yourself appropriately or whatever level or length you might take that depending on the church you might find yourself in, placing all the weight upon right. the woman and the man has no responsibility. Right, and this this shifting of the responsibility mm -hmm. away from the man is a problem in all of the right. areas you mentioned. I mean, yeah. even like in, uh, uh, you, you mentioned uh, like in a marriage being fulfilled, mm -hmm. well, you know, to have sex, right, is something that is for both parties to be have a responsibility in. Yeah. If your wife does not want to be with you, there's probably something wrong that you need to address as well, dear men, 
right? Or if 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 there is a woman who you have lusted after, mm -hmm. it, it is easy to point the finger, but what you should be doing is pointing the finger at yourself first. Mm -hmm. And yes, you know, like Christina said, it is true. There is a responsibility as well for women to dress modestly. There is a responsibility to not let your brother stumble, right? Mm -hmm. However, when we start taking it this, this far, in order to remove the responsibility mm -hmm. from the man, that's when it becomes strange. And that's where the, I think some of this, ex, uh, I don't know how to, what, what to call it, but extremist, unbiblical, patriarchal yeah. mindset is being born from. Right, and it, it's sad because it sort of demotes women into being, even if you know, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't say it, but into sexual objects where in some groups you can't even show your toes. You can't wear, you know, flip-flops or sandals because, you know, that's going to make a man stumble. I don't know, that man needs I, some help. If, <laughs> if, if, if a man is going to stumble because you wore flip-flops, that man needs deliverance. Amen. But this sort of concept where, the, where there's no balance, right? right? A woman needs to, of course, biblically dress in a way that glorifies God. She shouldn't be trying to dress in a mm -hmm. way that is seeking attention and trying to, in that way, right? What is her motive? Of course. But the responsibility is on the person who's doing the sinning. If the man is looking at someone who's, whether whatever she's wearing, because we are living in the world, right? Whatever she might be wearing, no matter how covered she is, he has a responsibility to turn and to avert his eyes, to not sin. The responsibility is on the person who is sinning. So you were talking about your growing yeah. up. Can you continue yeah. with that? How did that? Yeah. F f how did that mold your mindset around mm -hmm. these things? Yeah, and you know what's crazy about it is just as I grew up in this sort of this mindset, it sort of warped your identity as a woman, um, because along with this sort of concept is also the teachings that you know women, even if it's not said, it is it's undercurrent that women are second class citizens, that they are sort of made in the image of God, but also more so made in the image of man because they are created to fulfill his needs, to meet his needs, and their 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 real goal of a woman is to be married solely you know that that is the highest goal of a woman any woman no matter what you know god might technically have laid out for that woman's life and her story you should pursue marriage above all costs and having children now again you know of course don't get me wrong right marriage you know we're married marriage is a beautiful thing it's a wonderful thing having right. children's a beautiful thing but when that teaching is warped that this is the only thing that a woman should it's really aspire to that yeah it's good for exactly well, that's wrong and keeps women from being able to also pursue certain things that God would have them do. It does two yeah. things, right? It, it, it stops women who are in marriages, who are, who do have children from considering that they have a role in the kingdom that is, yes, to do with their family first, amen yes. to that, mm -hmm. but also means that, that also means there's also a, a role that they can have in the kingdom that is outside of that. They can still mm -hmm. have spiritual gifts. They can still tell someone about Yeshua. They can still right. have a life in that way um, that is not solely restricted to be the barefoot mother in the kitchen, as wonderful as that is in of itself, but the restriction is the, the problem. And also the second issue of it is mm -hmm. that not all women will have that calling. 
All right, there are many women who the father, either they're widows, their husband has passed away at an early age or whatever happened, or there is just not someone that the father has for them and they will never marry. There are women, women like that. And that is not outside the father's will. The father has called certain men and women to be uh, single their entire life in his kingdom and to have a powerful ministry on top of that with that. And so, but if we have this idea that a woman is only good for this patriarchal idea that she is to be this, to have this unbiblical patriarchal idea of being a, a mm. servant to a man, well, if that woman doesn't have a man to serve, what is she good for? And the issue with all of this is that this has affected the way women are seen or treated in the church and also in the home as well, in the family, like we've been talking about. And so we see, like I mentioned earlier, the issue of modesty, the, the issue of purity, where the weight is pushed solely on the woman and in cases like this, and the man has no responsibility for his actions, for his thoughts. for, And that's why we have so many cases like we see today in the news articles, this pastor, that pastor, who are all falling. You know, I can list some names here, but right. I don't need to. Those who have taken advantage of those who are, you can say, in their care, whether it be women, whether it be children, over years of time, you know, a one-time thing, it does not matter. But those who have taken advantage of those they should be protecting. Yeah, because that, that patriarchal mindset is of having no responsibility. Uh, it goes into the hearts of these men, right? And this pride that puffs them up causes them to want to take advantage because after all she's just a woman who's there to meet your needs you know the bible talks about how we are that women are supposed to submit to the husband mm -hmm. what does that mean do you think and that's crazy because you know even the word submit like coming from the past i've had the word submit was used in a way that she was the doormat really for the husband she was if something wasn't right in the marriage it was the woman's fault if she wants to fix the marriage she needs to you know, give herself to her husband as often as possible. And if, God forbid, the husband went and had an affair, well, it was really the wife's fault because she didn't give him enough sex. You know, whatever that might be, she didn't look pretty enough. It, the weight was on the woman right. to fix the marriage and the man didn't have the responsibility. So anyways, the word submit has even, you can say, gotten a wrong sort of understanding to it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's submit to me, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. what is that? that sound like what does that denote you know many yeah. husbands have come and they have thought of it and said well my wife is not submitting to me right you know i've heard that certainly uh, but you know he talks about it right in ephesians 5 mm -hmm. verse 21 he says submit first off he says submit to one another right yeah. before he talks about what husbands and wives ought to do submit to one another talking about believers right mm. and then he's going on and he says wives submit to your own husband as to the lord for the husband is the head of the wife even as christ is the head of the church his body and himself its savior husbands love your wife as christ loved the church and gave himself up for her so we see that yes there's a mm. submission right submission right. what does that mean it's simply to serve right it's right. to lay your life down because ultimately you know uh, Christ first laid his life down for us, demonstrating his love for us. That causes us to want to submit to him as his bride. Right. That causes us to want to serve him. It is a, a thing we do be, as a response to the love of God. So in Ephesians, when we are talking about husbands 
uh, wives, submit to your husbands, we have to talk about the context, which was that this submission is always in response to the love that Christ says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. That's like the highest level of love that arguably is almost impossible to do for us of us who for those of us who know we are in marriages to always love each other the way that Christ loves the church is is almost impossible but with God all things are possible his holy spirit can empower us to do these things but what we're trying to say here is this is not a one-sided responsibility but you know what's ironic, even as we're talking about all this, you know, like I shared in the beginning, you know, just when it's a unbiblical patriarchal teachings that require a, a place, you can say the weight of responsibility on the woman alone right. without the man, the woman's modesty, and then the man's actions are not, right. he's not responsible for that. You know, we've talked about that, where this sort of mindset ironically creates this very thing they're trying to avoid right? right when it becomes so extreme that we focus on that so much that it creates in a sense the opposite we we create people we create you know young men you know men they see their sisters in christ not as sisters in christ but as objects to be covered right and if they see something the first thing their minds go to is is to lust after that person right. it's kind of like when you have a child and you tell the child you can do anything in this room but do not take mm -hmm. the cookie out of that cookie jar on that table mm -hmm. well you just leave the child there for a little while and soon enough he would it would be impossible for him to keep his hand out of that cookie jar uh, because ultimately there's nothing there's it is good to teach what is sin to teach what is wrong right. to do however when it becomes the ultra view and the way we've been describing of becoming the main focus the main preaching the main teaching without and, biblical balance and without balance yeah. where if the moment that this boy sees a a, a girl's foot for the first time right it becomes this thing of well she is an object that like you said that has to be covered i just saw that now where is the mind going next right we have mm -hmm. this thing that we've trying to we're trying to avoid it in our mm -hmm. kids right but it's the very thing we're leading them to because of our ultra uh hyper focus on hyper -focused. it from an unbiblical standpoint Right. right. And and this is an unbiblical thing because yes, the Bible teaches about modesty. Yes. But the Bible teaches many things in terms of what our focus must be and right. it teaches a heart of balance behind all of these things. Right. To be led by the spirit, to be allowed to to be allowed freedoms mm -hmm but then have the restrictions at the place where sin starts crossing a line. Right, and jumping onto that, Definitely. you know, seeing our brothers and sisters as made in the image of God, not as, as like we've said, objects of lust, but seeing them as made in God's image, as brothers and sisters who have value, who have worth, who God created for a purpose and a calling, and not devaluing them to just something to, to lust after, and then excusing your own actions because you can blame it on them. Right. And if I if there's a, a boy who grows up right in this situation, in mm -hmm. this culture, if you will, him growing up in that mindset, I can naturally see how this fosters a mindset that is going to view women as sex objects. Mm -hmm. And then when they get to an age where they can have a wife, that can just 
tear into a marriage. And that can just tear into other aspects of things like pornography addictions and things of that nature. Because this extreme view causes us to then want to go like the the guy in the cookie jar, you know. So, you know, another thing that I think happens is that very frequently in culture is that when this happens, there is this tendency for the weaker to be attacked, right? The weaker vessel. And we see this in marriages. We see this in outside of marriages and abuses of all kinds. Uh, Yeah, do you want to talk about that a little bit? I mean, like we see it, like we've kind of talked about it. We see it in the family structure, but we also see it, I mean, in our culture, in our secular culture today, it's a common thing where those who are in a a position of power, who are a a headship of some Mm. sort, who abuse the power, abuse the power and harm those who are in their care. So, Christina, what would you tell a lady Mm. who was in your position, like when you were say a teenager when you were going through some of this yeah. or what would you tell a young man who is in a position like that in a culture like that and what would you tell a mother who who, who feels like she's disagreeing with you that this is the right way to go i mean one thing for sure that i wish i could tell you can say my younger self or other women i mean boys mm. doesn't matter young men Find your identity in God alone and know that there will be people who will try to put you in a box, a doctrinal box of whatever shape or form that might even limit a calling that God has placed in your heart to do. The enemy has made it a point to silence half of the human population for the last you know, thousands of years. And whatever that might look like, silencing through abuse, physical, emotional, spiritual. Yeah, at that point as a teenage or, you know, when I was in that period of my life, you know, in that doctrines that were being taught, I would never have thought I could be able to do what I'm doing now, preaching the gospel, you know, glory to God, because that wasn't the role of a woman. The whole concept of ministry was to become a pastor, and that was for men only. And yet we know that God used Mary Magdalene at the tomb to go proclaim back to the disciples who were men that he's risen. He used a woman to proclaim that he has risen. I mean, obviously we know Yeshua met the woman at the well and she became the first evangelist who went back to her town to say, wow, he is the Messiah, he has come. And that as women, we have value in the Father. We were created beautiful, we were created chosen for a powerful purpose. We are not simply objects of lust. We can have a beautiful marriage and have children Mm -hmm. and walk in that calling, but that might not be our calling because everyone's story is different. That's why, you know, we need to walk according to the Father's will. And there is such freedom in that of knowing who we are in his eyes, not in the eyes of this denomination or, or this man or, or this pastor, but who we are in his eyes. Mm. You know, if you just think about it from the enemy's perspective, it's all about, okay, we have women. How can I attack this threat? because women are a threat to the enemy's kingdom, right? Mm. And so what does he do? Okay, he goes and he creates teaching that says that they are not worthy of doing ministry, of doing what Yeshua did, Mm. of doing what, dare I say, the Samaritan woman even did, of doing what Deborah the judge did, of doing walking out a a a ministry a life right and and it looks different for everyone don't get me wrong guys here but still walking out a life here that is 
not necessarily inside of the mold of what everyone around them may say or think they should look like. And then what the enemy also comes and does is he he attacks these women through targeted abuse, right? Mm-hmm. He he sets up and he he works through a, a, a man who doesn't know the Lord, who doesn't know the scriptures. He causes abuse ar- around them. Or even who uses scripture for their own gain and twists it so that they can abuse others. Right, exactly. Right. And then this creates this this environment, right, where this woman is wounded. Mm-hmm. And now she doesn't really know who she is anymore. She doesn't right. really know how to manifest God's kingdom around her the way that he desired. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for all the women out mm-hmm. there, you know, I would just like to share that even no matter what your situation was, your past is, what you were taught, look at how Yeshua, look at how Jesus treated women. Mm-hmm. Because that's the identity of a woman that yes. you ought to enter. And so as your callings look different, that identity that you are in Christ looks the same and always remains the same. You are not an object for a man. You are so much more valuable than something like that. Amen. I mean, I'm just thinking also of the example we have in Scripture of Priscilla and Aquila, who went around together as husband and wife to go start churches, to start fellowships, you know, all over the place together, united hand in hand as co-equals, both ministering the gospel, yet submitting one to another and furthering God's kingdom. And that is something that, you know, I think God desires in marriage and just as the role of both man and wife to be able to love each other as Yeshua loved the ecclesia as Yeshua loves the church and to be able to further his kingdom together in that way with love, with humility, mm. yeah, with boldness. Right. The husbands ought to love the wife like Yeshua loved the church and there's that submission. But then, you know, when you think about it, it's all about how Yeshua works together with his people, mm-hmm. right? Yeshua sent his Holy Spirit in order for him to be able to work together with us, co-laboring in this harvest. And so in the same way, we as husbands work co-labor with our brides in this gospel of the kingdom that he has called us all into so guys this relationship that i am so privileged to have with christina is one that is supposed to be normal a relationship where you are able to labor together like this and of course it looks different in other marriages each person has different calling but this co-laboring remains that is so important for marriage that's the purpose of marriage marriage is has meaning in christ it has meaning in building his kingdom and without that there is no purpose or meaning except for self-satisfaction right if yeshua is not at the center then there is, in a sense, no center. And he needs to be at the basis because we know scripture says a three-chord strand is not easily broken. Amen. Right, guys, I hope this has blessed you. If it has, like this video, subscribe to this channel. And we just want to say a special thank you to our partners who have made this video and every other video this month possible. We'll see you guys in the next one. Shalom.